Yo, 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 what's up, everyone? Hey, this is your boy, German Boy Keys, and uh, you are welcome to another episode of Cigar Chronicles, uh, where you have a nice cigar, a cup of whatever you, you know what I'm saying, indulge in. I like to indulge in tequila, so right now I got me cigar, and I got me um, some some tequila, so if you hear me, you know, take some breaks from, you know, from a conversation, uh, please, please uh, don't mind me, I'm just uh, vibing with myself, and hopefully I'll be vibing with y'all out there. First off, I just want to say, man, I appreciate whoever uh, is um, listening to me, enjoying whatever content I put out, um, I said before in my last um, episode that I was going to try to uh, be more consistent. That was about two weeks ago. Of course, I would love to be uh, more consistent as far as maybe, you know, every week or twice a week, whatever the case may be. I'm still working out the kinks, but whoever, you know, uh, looking forward to to hear my voice in these episodes, whatever um, I may be discussing. Listen, man, I appreciate you a lot. I really do. Oh, man, that's some good to keep it. First off, I want to start off by, you know, something, something new. Um, it's called Cigar Chronicles, right? So um, I just want to start off with the brand of cigar that I'm smoking. Um, a lot of the times y'all might hear me say a lot of the same brands. Um, some I just kind of pick up to try. Um, some I might smoke before and just, you know, maybe the stores is not open where I typically, typically would. Uh, grab my cigars from so I would have just some maybe some weird off-brand type cigars that a lot of uh, you know true cigar smokers uh, might not recognize but uh, right now I'm smoking on what is called factory smokes and it's by uh, Drew Estate factory smokes by Drew Estate listen shout out to him or her um, this cigar that I'm smoking on is pretty smooth. I like to smoke on smooth cigars. Just get the job done. I can't complain. Um, it's a pretty um, smooth smoke. I don't have to, you know, keep relighting it. That's a that that's definitely a plus. So anybody who's out there listening, hey, listen, go get smokes, smoky. Hold on, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm messing it up. It's Factory Smokes by Drew Estate. Uh, Factory Smokes by Drew Estate. Now, again, I appreciate uh, Drew for 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 making this cigar. So, like I said, it's a well um, enjoyable cigar, and that's what a lot of cigar smokers love. And I'm definitely loving the fact that I don't have to keep relighting it, or it doesn't uh, burn even. That's a, that's a wonderful thing. So, shout out to them. Uh, I don't know, you know, I've been I've been off quite some time thinking about. What kind of structure I want to do? Um, I don't know if I if I'm into this whole structure thing, but I'm gonna try. I got a lot of stories. Um, I got a lot of things to discuss. Um, I think tonight I'm from I'm from Illinois, so I, I hope you know whoever listening to this. Um, but I'm from Illinois, so. You know, right now it's 1242. I'm I'm up pretty late smoking my cigar, having me a nightcap. But I think tonight I want to talk about my experience uh, when I became a minister uh, for uh, my church. I'm no longer uh, working in the ministry uh, with that title, quote unquote. Um, but I still feel some type of strongly desires towards it. Now I'm going to get um, further into um, that feeling as I go. So hopefully, you know, you guys bear with me as I, you know, discuss some things and, you know, vibe, just vibing, all right? All right, so I just want to say, first of all, first of all, um, I grew up in a church. It's the only thing I pretty much knew for a long time was just church uh, with my parents. Uh, pretty much um, raised me to believe 
Uh, I was a drummer for my parents' church. I'll, let me, let me re, you know, reverse that. My parents are, you know, uh, was a pastor of a church. My dad, my father, he was a, um, a pastor of a church for uh, almost 40 years um, before some health reasons um, had him to retire, uh, which he retired a couple years ago. So, you know, all I know pretty much is church, right? Um, again, I was drumming. I played along with my uncles. Man, when, when it comes to my family, you either uh, you either preach, you either play an instrument, or or you sing, or you do all of the above. And uh, in my family, we pretty much do all of the above. I have uncles all over who have their own church, who preach, cousins who preach, sing, play some type of instrument. It's just kind of how uh, my family rolled, and uh, I was part of it. And uh, just growing up, um, I guess just being naive to a lot of things, I didn't really understand. And, uh, you know, I, I kind of really missed that naive key, right? And for those who don't know, my name, my real name is Keaton, right? That's my real name. Um, but you can all, y'all can all always call me Drummer Boy or Keys or Drummer Boy Keys. But I kind of miss that uh, naive, you know, Keelan. And one thing about that naive Keelan I missed the most was... <sighs> what I missed the most was the fact that All right, I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to do this show. How I'm going to say this. What I missed the most about being a naive Keelan was it was no responsibility, right? Um, I didn't have no type of foundation of responsibility. It was just kind of um, kind of just going with the flow. And uh, I never really put a lot of thought into, you know, what I was doing. And... I kind of missed that that part. Uh, I missed the fact that I used to drum all the time. And the only thing I worried about was drumming, music. That was my life. That was my livelihood. I felt like I wasn't uh, good at anything but drum. I still kind of feel like I'm not good at anything but drumming. But, you know, again, that's my livelihood, right? Um, and I spoke about how in my last episode that um, I'm not necessarily... Um, fond of drumming like I used to be so hey if y'all ain't doing anything check check that episode out um tell me what y'all think but um yeah so that's pretty much how I was and how I grew up just church 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 more church more church more church more church and uh I became older of course and older I've got, the more deeper into the church I was getting myself into, until one day I felt like, you know, um, God was calling me to do something bigger, um, to, you know, and the thing is, even though I'm not working in, you know, the, the, my ministry, quote unquote, the church, whatever, I still feel like it's a calling on my life, uh, that God has put in my heart, I just don't know. Um, what that is at the moment. I don't even know if I'm, if it is back to church. I mean, I'm, again, I'm going to get into that thought uh, further story goes. So anyways, you know, I felt like I was, you know, called, uh, felt new, however, you know, when, um, uh, however you comprehend that. But um, I was called and at the time I was trying to figure out where I was going to do my ministry at. Again, my parents, uh, been at this church for so long, but my parents didn't respect me. Uh, my parents didn't respect my thought process, none of that. They still looked at me as um, a little kid. At the time, my cousin was starting off at a church. I had, uh, I had some type of respect for it. Um, I thought he had respect for me. Um, found out he really didn't. But anyways, um, so I went to his church then I went to another uh, local church that I'm another seasoned pastor um, that I had respect for. Also, just trying to figure out which route um, should I should I go as far as what to do. And, you know, truth be told, I kind of wish I would have went to the other local um, pastor um, 
church because you know to this day I might still have been operating in my car. Um, so I went to my cousin's church and I probably operated in my car for about a, maybe a year, year and a half before um, I got sat down. Right? He sat me down because I was sleeping with women in the church. Right? Which is a real you know, some some uh, real Christian belief type faith people stern will say, well, yeah, you have to do what you had to do. At the time, I was 24. I'm still a young man. And, um, you know, I was doing those things. And, uh, you know, I, and I wasn't married yet. So I had all these things against me. And, um, you know, it's, at the end of the day, he, he my pastor, but he's my cousin, right? So I felt like, in a way, he should have had some type of protection um, over my situation uh, than he did at the time. And um, at the time, a lot of things blew up. My business was in the street. Um, he was playing, you know, he, he kind of kept the coals um, and the fire. And I didn't even understand why he was, um, you know, keeping those coals lit to keep my shit kind of keep, you know, it was just, man, it was just a bad time in my life that I still have. Um, I'm still dealing with to this day. Um, I'm 31 now and this happened when I was 24. That's how long it's been. And I'm still dealing with it to this day of how, um, uh, um, dramatic from, if that's the word or traumatic, um, how they, you know, how it was for me. And, um, you know, it, it it wasn't until it wasn't until I started to come out, right? But before before that, before I even get to that, I felt like you know what he he set me down. We're not making no progress. You know, he he pleasing people. He not protecting me. You know what? I'm finna just go to my parents, right? And so I go to my parents go to their church and they wanted me to revert to going back backwards in a way and to being uh, a deacon first now for the non-church goers or the people who don't understand uh, the pastor is the head of the church right that's the leader the ministers are the associate of the pastor. So they necessarily don't have, I guess, a lot of power. Um, but because, you know, they the, they are the associates of the pastor, um, they can probably influence a lot of things. They can be in the pastor's ear. And you know what I'm saying? It's one of those kind of right-hand man type of thing uh, when it comes to ministers and uh the pastors then it's the deacons now the deacons technically in, st- in church structure is the second um uh the s- most second probably in power as far as um position of the pastor so it's the pastors then it's the deacons um because if something was to happen to the pastor then it's up to the deacons to to run uh the church basically so um my parents wanted me to be you know this deacon and you know, the thing is this, in the, in the Bible, it doesn't even speak uh, uh, on that. Um, it doesn't speak when you're called, you have to uh, revert to doing something different. That's just what, you know, if, if, if that is your way of um, growth, I guess, in a way, then let it be your way. But again, I told you in the beginning, my parents never really respected me anyways like that. And they really didn't believe in, in my calling again anyways so um so 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 you know i went to my parents things wasn't panning like panning out how i you know thought it was going to be um so you know what i'm like you know i'm finna just go back to drumming that's the that's the only thing i know that's the only thing i'm good at i'm finna just 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 drum right i'm finna just drum so you know, some time went by, and I, you know, reverting back to when I was at the time at my cousin's church, I was just trying to figure out why things was like it is between me and him, right? 
Um, and it's just like come to find out he was doing some of a lot of things that I was doing at the time. And, um, you know, that kind of hurt me that he was throwing rocks and hiding his hand. Now, to this day, if he was to hear it or anything like that, he's going to deny it. It's fine. It is what it is now. You know what I'm saying? He was able to kind of go on here with his life and, if you will, prosper from uh, the backs, uh, you know, off of, off of you know, shining the light on my flaws or whoever else's flaws and talk shit about them because that's exactly what he did. And um, he's not going to be man enough to admit that. And I, I kind of realized that's just what it is. You know what I'm saying? Um, that's why I'm healing from it now. He's not man enough to admit that he was wrong. And he did some shit and he and he shouldn't have threw me under the bus. You know what I'm saying? Just to just to save his face. Because that's not what we do. You feel me? So, um, so, you know, after learning that, I went back to drumming. And, you know, even through my drumming, I was I was seeking help. Again, I'm fresh. This is me fresh out of, you know, this ministry thing. So I'm 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 drumming and I'm I'm trying to find my way, but I'm still dealing with the trauma behind what just happened to me. I can't go to my parents because my parents evidently they never like I said, they never respected me anyways. And um, you know, one thing I found out, I'm and I'm probably gonna be seeing this uh a lot. Through, through this episode is the fact that I realized that people, especially in my community, I am a, a, a black Afro-American. Um, so just in my community, um, we respect titles more than we more than we respect. Um, dang it, man, I lost the train of my thought. Forgive me, y'all. But we respect titles more than we respect goodness. Y'all, what is going on with my brain right now? I done lost all train of my thought for some odd reason. But we respect titles more than we respect the character of that person, right? We respect the titles more than we respect the, t- the, the character of that person. So a lot of the times, because that person holds position, um, it doesn't matter what the low-ranking person may think or say. That that person is in position, so it doesn't even matter because they're in position. That's all that matters. You know what I'm saying? So because you know I'm seeking help and just you know I need help far as dealing with the, the trauma that my cousins or or my my father, my parents, just period have have done to me because they hold position, people automatically respect that, and that's a bunch of bullshit. Because at the end of the day, you know, characters is supposed to, you know, lead first. But if you in position and your character sucks, then I'm not really supposed to respect you, right? That's how it's supposed to be, right? You know, that's one thing. So, I don't, so you know, at the end of the day, I'm seeking help. And I wasn't getting any help. Um, people was, you know, and to this day, you know, certain people gonna put the blame on me and say, oh, I was trying to help. Blase, blase. At the end of the motherfuckers was not trying to help me. They was trying to respect that person's title. And they believed that person over my own words, right? So, you know, throughout the years, you know, I've, I've you know, dealt with just different pastors who's supposed to help the broken. It's supposed to help the broken, but for some odd reason, I still became, I still was broken or even got more broken over the years. So, you know, I went to drumming, went to this one church, was with him for, I think, four years, three and a half, four years. And I was loyal to him in his church, right? But for some odd reason, he was looking at me as a kid, then a grown man. At the time, I was, you know, in my mid-20s. Now, I'm in my mid-20s. So, you know, um, instead of him looking at me as a man, he looked at me as a kid. So, you know, talking to him about a lot of things, again, respecting the title over the position. 
or I'm sorry, respecting the title over the character of the person was just how it was at that church. And I even, I was even, that's how loyal I was to him as a drummer. He ended up firing his organ player because some stuff was going down. He fired his organ player and I was still there. I still would show up with no other musician until he found a musician. And then all of a sudden, I didn't come to church one day because I had a flat tire. I had a whole flat tire, y'all. Peep this. I had a flat tire. I couldn't call nobody because everybody's in church. So I'm like, man, I just got this flat tire. So then it was, a, I remember like it was yesterday. It was a holiday. And then the next day, um, which was a Tuesday, he called me and he fired me. So I told him on the phone that he didn't care about his people. Because I had a flat tire. Instead of you calling me to find, figure out what's going on, you instantly just like you didn't come. So bye-bye. You found a reason to let me go. That's not God like. That's not that's not that's not the Jesus that he preached every Sunday, right? That's fucked up, y'all. That's really fucked up. That's really, really fucked up, right? So he let me go because of what he felt instead of finding out facts. To, to you know what I'm saying, and this is a black dude, and he and he ran the church more like a white corporation more than anything. Again, tried to seek friends, different people that kind of helped me through the situation. My fucking still didn't understand because they respected his title than the character that he was showing me. You know, to this day, my have taken his side and just been like, "Hey, man, this is what he was trying to tell you. Hey, man, this is what he was trying to do." Because you know who am I, right? I'm just I'm just a normal ass nigga. I don't have no I don't have no no credentials or the you know fancy titles or the names to 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 back up anything that I'm just saying. So they're gonna always gonna take the person that's in position. So he let me go, and I'm like I'm again looking for for somebody just to have my back. I go to my parents. Tell him what's going on. My mom, oh, he wrong, he wrong, he wrong. But then when it was time to have my back, she was singing a different tune. Again, you know, if she was to hear this, um, she probably would be like, you know, uh, I'm lying because that's what, you know, my mom is. And this is the thing, I'm not, this, I'm telling these stories not to dig on nobody, really. You know what I'm saying? Maybe one person. But I mean, anyways, nevertheless, I'm not here to dig on anybody. This is just telling my truth. And this is just telling what I've been through. So anyways, uh, forgive me if I'm rambling or, you know what I'm saying? I know I'm saying kind of anyways a lot. Um, On that that note, let me take a sip real quick with my tequila. Hold on. That was good. That was good. So, um, I'm not here to dig on nobody's name. I throw mud on them because they threw mud on my name. <clears throat> so, again, it is what it is. For the most part, I'm still healing. I'm still dealing with a lot of this shit. And I'm going to continue to grow. You know, you dig? So, you know, leaving that situation, you know, um, I-, I promised myself that, you know, I- I'm like, fuck church. You know, fuck God, fuck everything, because I'm tired of this shit. Why I got to be me? Why ain't nobody having my back? You know, and this is, this is kind of, you know, kind of questions that I still got to ask myself to this day, in a way. Like, man, why, why ain't nobody having my back? You know what I'm saying? Where is, where is somebody that can be like, yo, y'all tripping, stop treating them like that? You know, every time somebody call on me, I'm right there for them every time that's how I was raised though this is how my mom raised me this is how my parents raised me again I've been raised in my church all my life so I'm supposed to show this kind of faithfulness or this kind of uh, showing some type of kind to uh, my people to people in general but my people the people my peers I'm supposed to you know lend my helping hand out to these folks you know, to this day, man, my mom, would, she would never admit that she was wrong in anything that she did or say. 
and and this is another thing I don't like. They, they use the Bible against you. They touch, they start throwing out scriptures and things. You know what I'm saying? To to try to to try to make their point valid, right? That's not right. That's not what you're supposed to do to people. You're not supposed to manipulate them like that. Again, that's not God like. And see, this is the thing. This is the reason why so many people don't like church to this day. So many people got out of church and they never looked back. So many people went from this religion to that religion because they're trying to find some type of truth and they're trying to find some people who gonna actually love them. Who's going to love me for me? Who's not going to look down on my flaws? Who's going to hear me out? Who's going to listen to me? Because over here ain't nobody listening. So then I'm going to go over here. All of a sudden, somebody's listening to me. Somebody's paying attention to my words. My words doesn't seem like they just they hitting off a brick wall. It's actually seeming like I can actually do something over here with this type of religion, whatever the case may be. And so I believe in my heart that's the reason why so many people have left the Christianity church to this day. And why are they still leaving to this day? This is the reason why they're leaving. So, you know, I, I, t- I told myself, but then certain things was happening and I felt like... um you know, it was a calling on my life still. And I'm just, man, I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm just tired of running. So then I went back to the church. I told myself I would never step foot back in. They got a new pastor. No longer my cousin. He left and went to another church out of town. So I'm like, this is the opportunity. But then I found out that this pastor still had a lot of the old mentality of a lot of shit. He wasn't listening. Because again, I'm a young man. He was an older gentleman, but he he just didn't listen. And I'm trying to bring, um, I was trying to bring him into the new generation of what church is. Not necessarily changing the message because, you know, at the end of the day, the message is that Jesus, you know, he died on the cross for all of us. and He rose for all of us. That is the message. That's the message, period. That's nothing, and everything else in between is, that's just things that can help us be better. You know what I'm saying? But we, we we spend too much emphasis on the in-between and not looking at the bigger picture. And that's why, again, so many of us have left the church or so many of us have so many problems in the church because we hold each other um, to, to, to this impossible standard. And I'm going to say it's impossible because most motherfuckers ain't going to say that shit. Pastors, they're not going to say that shit. They're not going to make that shit. But at the end of the day, it's an impossible standard. I can strive to be like someone all, I can, uh, oh, man, I, everybody's be, to be like Mike, Michael Jordan, right? I can be like Michael Jordan, but I can't be like Michael Jordan. You know why? Because I'm not Michael Jordan. So although I'm going to work on my jump shot, uh, work on my fadeaway, I can work on my, on my, uh, my footwork like Jordan. I can stick out my tongue like Jordan. But guess what? I'm not Jordan. I'm Keelan. So I can only be who I can be in my limitations of what God gave me. That doesn't mean that I'm lesser, but I but I can be great in whatever it is. And we have too many people trying to copycats. That's where the fucked up shit comes from. A lot of us can't operate in our true calling because they want us to be copycats of each other. God ain't made no copycats. If he made copycats, then everybody would be the same. God ain't make no copycats, y'all. But we operate in a way of copycats. So, you know, it's 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 a real fucked up thing that's going on in the church today. And I wish that the church and our and our leaders specifically would recognize but this is the reason why our leaders don't recognize shit because they are stuck in being a copycat anything that goes against their beliefs they shun it instead of listening with an open heart 
Because again, the main object is that Jesus came back for all of us. So we will all have a right to the tree of life. That's the message. But the in-between got us thinking cloudy. You know what I'm saying? The in-between got us messed up. The in-between got us thinking we should be strict on things that we should not be strict on. You know, one thing I realized is this. We are flawed. I don't care if the pastor of the church is screwing anybody besides his wife. Now, this, you know, this is just my personal opinion. I personally don't care. I really don't um, because we are flawed. We all have our own flawed things that we still dealing with because that's just what it is. What I care about is that leader chastising his congregation or chastising, quote unquote, his sheep for doing the very thing that he's doing. That is a fucked up thing, man. That is so fucked up and childish. Who am I to sit sit here and say, oh, no, nigga, you shouldn't be doing that. But then you turn around and do it. Or I turn around and do the same thing and tell them not to do it. Who am I? Literally, who am I? How about the message be this? Look, you know, I'm not telling you what to do. But we need to get better at a lot of things. Jesus still loves you. And no matter what your flaws may be, whatever you're still struggling with, Jesus is still going to be there for you. Just ask for forgiveness and just move on and try to be better. Because, the you know, I, I don't... The, the the Jesus that they tell me about, the God that they tell me about, lets me know that I have new grace and mercy each and every day. And they preach this shit and they turn around and judge you. How can I have new grace and mercy every day, but then you turn around and judge me for the shit that God has forgiven me for yesterday? He's going to probably forgive me again for today. And then the next day, and next week, and next year. How can you preach of that God, that Jesus, and you turn around and you point the finger? That's the, that's, that's, that is the thing that's mind-boggling to me. And I feel like we've been—I feel like we have it wrong. I feel like we've been doing it wrong for so many years, and that's the reason why we haven't progressed. Now, again, I'm going to talk more about my culture because, again, I'm an Afro-American. I'm a black man in America. If anybody's been watching the news or just, you know, have Facebook, whatever the case may be, you know, it's a modern-day lynching going on with us, with black men. A lot of white folks don't want to admit that, but it's true. It's a modern day lynching. They're killing us just just because. And if they can't kill us, then they're going to dig some shit up on us to get us in trouble to take away our voice. Because it's fearful, right? We are feared. I don't even know why we're so much feared, but we're feared. But speaking of, you know, me being a black man in America, I don't see why we can't have our own hospitals. Not saying have our own hospitals to where just black people go to, but why can't we have our own hospitals that's just named after us, where we create our own opportunities, you know, where we can, and that hospital can actually help the poor. There's ways out here to do that. And plus, in the people in the black church, we spend so much money within the black church. 
And the black church supposed to be able to spend that money back into the community and build things, build opportunities and jobs instead of just going out here and throwing out some fucking turkeys every fucking year. What the fuck is that? We've been doing that shit for too fucking long, y'all. What the fuck is that? I appreciate it. We feed, we feeding people. That's in need. But this is the thing. Most of the time, we actually just feeding each other. We're not really out here feeding the fucking homeless. We literally feeding each other. We are psych, we are recycling each other. That's what we're doing. And again, we don't want to admit that. Right? We don't want to admit that. But it's true. And I'm not saying that we don't need to, we don't need it because we do. But at the end of the day, we say stuff like we are feeding the homeless. Well, let's go out there and we actually, how about we go out there and really feed the homeless? Go to where they at. Figure out a way to where they can get nice shelter. Talk to the cities. Maybe we build it like a shelter in certain areas for the homeless. We have the money. As, as a black church, we have the money. But the thing is, we can't come together. We as a black church have a hard time coming together. We have a hard time coming together. And we have a hard time coming together because of, again, leadership. And this is the thing, too, I realize. So many of our leaders been looked over by so many people that when they get in leadership, they actually become the very person that they probably told themselves they would never become. So they probably was like, you know, if if I was to be in position, I would make sure grant every, uh, you know, everybody that's everybody that's, you know, that that's that's kind of like me the opportunity to be great and then they get in a position and they actually shit on everybody some do it you know some do it on purpose some actually do it and don't even know they're doing it you know and again that's another problem of the church so to revert back more to my story, I don't even know where I left off at because I didn't went on a whole ramble. I apologize for anybody uh, that may listen so far and be like, damn, what is she talking about? Hopefully I'm not too confusing on the things that I'm saying. But I, I definitely feel passionate about this church stuff. You know, I know the church has flaws and I'm not looking for no perfect church. But the problem is the church is trying to be perfect when it's not. And once the church realized how flawed they really are, then we can be able to do real ministry. That's where the real ministry lies within how flawed we are. There's so many pastors, preachers, that's out here just doing so many grimy stuff. They take it from the poor. They go off and want to drive these expensive cars. Meanwhile, the congregation is suffering. If the congregation ain't paying their tithes, they got something to say about it because it's taking money from them. Not again, I understanding that if you become a terrific leader, all of those things God will bless you with. So I just don't, I really don't understand why we in, well, I take that back. I understand, but I don't understand why we in the predicaments that we are in. Why we don't show the love that Jesus showed us. Again, I know it's some flaws in this Christianity walk because I still have my questions. And see, that's another thing. I feel like we're supposed to have our questions. We're supposed to question God. 
Why? Because we don't understand him. And we will never understand God. How can an, an, an immortal person understand someone who's mortal, right? How can we understand? We, we can't. But for some odd reason, we try so hard to act as if we do. Because we're in this position. We got this title. So this title comes with, I uh, understand, you know, God's word. I understand God better than, you know, the normal person. And that is not fucking true at all. That's not true. Again, I don't, I wish, I wish I had answers that I seek. I wish I can talk to, you know, some of, you know, the real, um, real open pastors that I follow, but you know, those kind of pastors, they, they're busy and it's hard to get in touch. You know what I'm saying? It's just one of those things when people won't necessarily hear your story. And the crazy thing is all the bullshit that I've been through, right? Because I was telling y'all I went back to the church and I, I, I you know, I, I announced my calling and everything at that church. And at the time I wasn't married to um, my wife at the time, right? But this is how this is how much in it I became. I said, you know what? I'm finna get married. Because I wanna work I wanna work fluently in my calling. So in order to work fluently in my calling, I know that this marriage stuff is a hindrance. Alright, cool. I've been with my, my you know, my wife. Um, at the time it was going on I think six years. I think she I think we've been together for seven, going on eight. And, um, you know, I've been, I've been with her for quite some time. Um, you know, we, we have our flaws and things that we still working out on. But again, you know, it's about, you know, trying to, to do the right thing and, uh, look good in God's eyes. So, you know, I got married and, you know, at the time I told the pastor, I said, you know, I don't really care for people to know that I got married because he was told that if I stepped in the pulpit and I wasn't married, that they, you know, certain people was going to leave the church. And I'm like, well, let the motherfuckers leave. Fuck them old ass people. But see, he wasn't strong enough to be on some, yeah, yeah, you're right. You know what I'm saying? Fuck them motherfuckers. He was on some, you know, he had me stand up and announce that I got married. And the thing is this, it's not a secret, but I'm protecting right now. I'm trying to protect myself from all the trauma that I went through. I'm trying to protect myself and, you know what I'm saying, from just, you know, doing some things. And if, and if, and if, ah, I can't talk. And if anyone has a problem with that shit, fuck them. But again, this is another pastor who ain't had my back. So I ended up leaving that church, going to a church that I'm um, I'm currently at at the moment. This is where I'm drumming it, where I've stopped drumming at the time at the moment. And I really like him, but and this is the thing I'm I, I'm not looking for anybody to be perfect. I'm just looking for somebody to actually have my back. Don't switch up my words. Listen to what I'm saying, and we can grow from that shit. But again, titles mean so much to us black folks. And I believe that his title of being pastor and his cloud and his judgment of really having someone who would probably go to war if if I was accepted the way I needed to be accepted. If I was loved the way I needed to be loved. And, 
you know, going back and forth to, you know, should I do this or should I do that? I made up my mind, like, you know what, I'm not going to do it again. So I never, I never said anything about my calling besides to, to, to you know, conversations me and him had. Never went to front of the congregation, none of that stuff, because I felt like I'm not going to be able to give my all because my thing is this. I need to be protected. I need to go on hiding. And while I'm in hiding, get get certain things together and then before anybody know it, I'm working back into my ministry. And this is the crazy thing. A lot of these pastors, bishops, preachers, they all fucking they all drinking, they all smoking, they all doing all of these things while working in a ministry, but because they're in position, who can say anything to them? But me, I don't have no problem with them. I truly don't. You know what I'm saying? But why, why condemn me for the struggles you have? We both struggling. So how about you take me underneath your wing and produce something better. Produce a better you through me. I mean, I'm, 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 I am my own grown man, right? So I'm going to make my own decisions. But allow me to be you know, allow me to, to, to be this open man that have these ideas that can probably help both of us grow. Again, allow me to be a better you. Never say I was going to be perfect. Never even say I would have my flaws because I probably will. But don't take away my voice because I'm saying something that you don't totally understand or agree with. And that's what happened, you know, going to this pastor, I told him about a lot of stuff that was going on and, you know, he respect the title more than he respect the integrity. That's the word I was, by the way, earlier when I'm struggling, that's the word I was trying to think of on my mind when black the integrity. We respect titles over integrity, but because that person holds the position, you know what I'm saying? It doesn't even fucking matter. Because this person may seem like they're doing okay. What I go through and went through back then, it doesn't even matter. What they are putting in God's hands. Like, like allow, allow God to fix it. The thing is that might be that might be true. But in who who is going to chastise that leader? You can't just say God, because it gotta be your peers too. It ain't just God. You know what I'm saying? God work and this is the thing, this is this this is the thing. If God works through me, why can't God work through me to chastise that person? One minute we saying God is he he's he, he's he's working through me to do this. Or oh, this ain't me. This is this is God. But then when it comes to chastising the peer, uh, you gotta just let God deal with that. When I tell y'all that it's it, it sucks that what I go through. I went through it's, it's very 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 painful very painful and even through all my pain I still feel like my calling somehow is through the church because I love people 
and I want to help people and I want to change the culture of the church but when I have no voice and I have no leader who believes in me then I will never be able to make that happen right And again, I'm never looking for anyone who's perfect. Never looking for that. But what I am looking for is someone who's going to, you know, listen to me and 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 just I will be able to, you know, appeal to their better sense of nature, as my uncle would say. Let me show you a different way of thinking. And this way of thinking is going to help you, it's going to equip you on your witness even more. You think your witness is nice now. You think your witness, when it comes to telling people about Jesus dying on the cross for all of us, it's nice now. Wait till I help equip you into the way that the masses is thinking out here. Wait till I equip you on the hurt that these people are really feeling. But I don't have the voice. I don't have the position. I don't have the power to. So I just sit back and I just chill. But it still is a burning sensation inside of me. I try to have a lot of conversations with my mom about a lot of stuff. And, you know, she casts judgment all the damn time about certain things. Because her thing is, if it's easy for you to leave your calling then you was never called that is full of bullshit cause there's no accountability or responsibility on the leaders end. it's all on you or it's your fault that you ain't working on your calling no more it's not my fault but if I'm telling you your witness is fucked up and you make it that's putting a bad taste if you're telling me that the same guy that you you know that you preach about and you doing something completely different, you stab people in the back, you line on folks, that shit is tarnishing your witness. And this is my thing. I've been a part of again, my dad, he was going on 39 years when he retired. I'm 31. I've been doing this shit forever. I know this shit. I know how this shit operates. But because I'm not in a position, don't nobody give a fuck about what I think. I don't give a fuck if you 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 in position, you just started pastoring. Uh, I, you know, I, I've been doing this for three years. You ain't been, you ain't never pastored. My nigga, like, you just don't even understand. I'll never have to be in position to understand how some shit's supposed to go because I've been doing this. I'm literally, I literally was my right, my dad's right hand man. He will never admit it, but I walk with my father when nobody else did. When it come, when it came to going up to the church and fixing some shit, I was right there with my father, me and my dad. There wasn't no other deacons there. There was no other ministers there. It was just me and my dad. Me and him. Who? No other, I don't know no other pastor's kid who put the kind of work in that I put in. And I still got overlooked. I put in so much work and I still got over fucking look. So again, this is this is low-key continue of the cycle, right? Because this is what happens. The ones who get overlooked somehow to keep working, then they're getting put in position. And now they're in position of power. So the next person that's gonna come to them, wanna give out a good idea or whatever the case may be, I'm in position of power where I can just overlook that shit. And that's how the cycle continues.
even through all of this shit, y'all, I still feel a calling from God. I miss church. I miss the way how church used to make me feel. You know they, they, you know the saying is, you know, you never really miss something until it's gone. And looking back at, you know, all the situ- all the situations and things that, you know, especially when I was drumming under my father at the time for all the years, I miss those things. I miss the fellowships, going to another church, him getting up there to preach. I'm not gonna say I took those things for granted, but I took those things for granted. And my father, you know, he worked himself so badly into the church that he even had strokes, heart attacks. Because my dad, he wasn't like your normal pastor. Most pastors relied on um, the church paying them. My dad used to work for Chrysler. So my dad was working Chrysler. He would leave Chrysler and come to church. And he would go to church and he'd go straight to Chrysler. So the stress of job, the stress of home, you know, the stress of church got to him to where he didn't have so many strokes that he wasn't able to preach anymore. And out of all his kids, it was the one he adopted that was willing to take on his legacy. And I still got overlooked. I'm the youngest boy out of all all of all my parents' kids. I'm adopted. I'm adopted. So when you say pain. That's pain, man. But those are the things that I'm still dealing with to try to get better in my life. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not saying none of these things again to to throw dirt on anybody's name. But I'm just telling you my story of how I feel and what I think of. Listen, if you made it this far, I just want to tell you that I appreciate you. I appreciate you joining me. I appreciate you joining Cigar Chronicles for another episode. I appreciate you um, listening to to me ramble or, you know, listening to my non-talking skills because sometimes I could, you know, I can't... Uh, stumble over my words a lot and to be honest with you I was thinking about just giving up and saying forget I'm going to start over but I, I thought and said you know why start over when I'm, I have to keep going because whatever I'm saying could resonate however I'm saying it you know, whoever the person is, maybe listening to this, you know, maybe your, your speaking is not up to par as you may feel. I want this just to be your motivation that you can do it, man. Whatever you may feel, you, you stumble over your words. That's fine. You're not perfect. But if you keep doing it, you'll be able to develop, you know, maybe just communication skills that will allow you to talk slower and that you want maybe you know stumble but I appreciate you joining for another episode of Cigar Chronicles I really appreciate everyone who's listening to this Um, I hope my story can resonate through someone and hopefully you know um, you learn something whatever the case may be 
hopefully you 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 can walk away from uh, this podcast more motivated, more. Un- Thank you.